out. I'll get out of all your boxes. I'll get out. You can't hold me in these chains. I'll get out. Father, free me from this bondage. Good afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome to Ahead of the Crypto Curve, where we are creating Satoshi Millionaires, one family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time. And ladies and gentlemen, that means you. I am your host, Naja Roberts, and it is my mission in life to lead my people out of financial slavery. Today is December the 19th, and we are pushing up on the end of the year, and so many things are happening. There's so much that we need to do aside of shopping and some of these other things. As I get started today, first and foremost, I want to say thank you to each and every one of you that have been listening. Thank you for the well wishes. Thank you for all of you that called in, all of you that sent emails or text messages wishing us a congratulations on our 100th show here on KBLA. And so I'm excited about it. And I'm just extremely impressed that so many people are listening. Um, I didn't think that this many people were listening to the show, but I am very appreciative of each and every one of you. Without you, without the mission, there would be no, no me and what I'm doing on Ahead of the Crypto Curve. So I just first want to take the time Again, to say thank you to each and every one of you for being listeners. Thank you to each and every one of you that send articles for me to take a look at, to talk about on the radio. Each and every one of you that send me corrections on things that you think I need to either bring up or reiterate or actually revise or retract. Even though, um, you know, there hasn't been a lot of the retractions because what we have been talking about in this space has really been coming to life. It's been coming to life. So we are going to continue on the financial trajectory that we're on. I am saying to each and every person that has called me or emailed me personally, ladies and gentlemen, we are ahead of what is going on as it relates to this digital currency. In fact, I feel like what has just happened with the FTX disaster has actually set us back for the better. And when I say set us back for the better, there's a lot of things that I'm going to share with you today that will tell you why I think we're in a better space because of what happened to FTX uh, and what we need to do to get ourselves together and tight in this space. And so I am always saying thank you to the most high for everything that happens. And I learned that from my mother to just be grateful, be thankful. And so, you know, this has been a trying year for all of us in this space. This is a crypto winter. The crypto winter has gotten a tad bit colder. (laughs) And uh, as we seek to get out of it, we know that it has to play. It has to play it. It has to all play out. It has to play out in order for this to work, in order for Bitcoin to be the new legal tender or 
a partial legal tender. Some people may be able to use Bitcoin. Some people are going to be using CBDCs. Some people are going to be using Ethereum. I think that there's a place for all of them. But for those of us that are looking for something specific in our lives towards um, towards the end of our lives, and I'll say it that way, when I'm talking about the end of our lives, I'm talking about what we have planned for retirement, where we're going to go, what we're going to be, what, how we're going to enjoy being self-sovereign and all of those things. It's going to take a lot of things collectively to be working in tandem to make sure that our goals are met because everything that we knew in the past, ladies and gentlemen, is changing, unfortunately. When we talk about retiring, I'm talking to friends of mine right now that graduated high school with me in 1988. They are pushing up on retirement years. They've been there for long enough to retire. or They've got a year or two more, a lot of them. And they're complaining about the fact that their 401ks are not going to afford them the opportunity to live comfortably. So how or why will we continue on that financial trajectory? Now, again, not to say that it's not something or a good something, but it's not enough to handle the inflation, the cost of housing, all of the things that are coming up and getting higher and higher and tighter and tighter. We've got to do something different. And so just the small adding of Bitcoin to your portfolio is an option. It's not the whole answer. I am one of those that say that Bitcoin solves everything. You got that right. And we'll talk about that one day. Some people beg to differ. However, I just believe eventually those sentiments of mine will prove to be correct. And so as we look at the different options that we have, the different spaces that we're in and some of the moves that we need to make, Our community needs to make sure that they understand it is time to buckle down, get a plan in pace, uh, get a plan, a pace, and everything that we need really in our eyesight so that we can make sure that we're going the right direction. So when the different signs say, hey, this isn't working, we're able to pivot, we're able to be flexible and do all the things we need to do to still be able to retire comfortably. And I don't care how young you are listening to me, you have got to get a plan because things are changing. Money is changing. The way that we save is changing. The way the banks are thinking is not changing and it's it's there for them to make the lion's share of the money and so we got to do something different so when we come forward we're going to do our market report and then we're going to jump into a couple of different things that i think that you need to know while we still sit in the middle of a cryptocurrency uh debacle as it relates to ftx specifically and some of the other People that have come forward, I know I heard from Kevin O'Leary over the weekend talking, putting the blame on somebody else. And that was only because he was paid to push FTX. But with that being said, when we come forward, we'll jump into more of the cryptocurrency conversation. This is KBLA Talk 1580. In a moment, more with Naja Roberts as we get ahead of the crypto curve on KBLA Talk 1580. You're listening to Ahead of the Crypto Curve 
with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. All right, ladies and gentlemen, work. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. We are going to go ahead and do our Bitcoin quote for the day. And I picked this because it is more befitting than every quote that I've read for today. And it basically says, Bitcoin is absolutely the wild west of finance. And thank goodness, it represents a whole legion of adventurers and entrepreneurs, of risk takers, inventors, and problem solvers. It is the frontier. Huge amounts of wealth will be created and destroyed as this new landscape is mapped out. And that comes from Eric Voorhees. And I absolutely love that quote because he is absolutely right there. That just summed it all up for me. And so as I look at this weekend that just passed, there were a group of black and Latino cryptocurrency leaders that got together yesterday and we were discussing what has been going on with FTX and unbeknownst to every one of us that were on the phone, we had all been approached by the likes of CNBC, CNN, different individuals, because they want to know how FTX has actually affected the black community in cryptocurrency and in Bitcoin. And so just kind of sitting back, I wasn't very vocal on the call because I wanted to hear what some of the other leaders were dealing with and and, uh, if their experience was the same as mine, because I actually refuse to talk about um, FTX because FTX didn't have any bearing on the black community as a whole. Now, definitely, I know a few people that have been affected by FTX uh, who have lost Bitcoin because FTX actually stole that Bitcoin. But uh, aside of that, we were not preaching to our community or introducing our community to FTX. Now, there was a Steph Curry as you all know, and Steph Curry probably introduced a lot of people to FTX. But I think because of the fact that Coinbase inked a deal with the NBA and NFL, I think that it kind of took a lot of people away from the FTX platform and and really safeguarded our community because we were continuing to say over and over again, please do not patronize. Uh, some of these some of these companies just because of how they were treating our community, some of the things that they have said in the past about our community, some of their uh, nuances, and I'm going to just say nuances without getting into this, but uh, some of the racial things that had taken place on FTX specifically, we've been against FTX since Black History Month last year, and I'm talking about 2021. So um, it didn't affect our community. But what we realized as we were all sitting on the phone talking is that the likes of like the CNBCs, NBCs, CNNs, different people that were asking questions is they came with a prepackaged set of questions. 
and rightfully so because they're journalists and we all felt as though the questions that we were being asked were not relevant to what was going on with FTX because they were asking us things like, what do you think about his content? He had an educational course. Was this educational course designed to uh, get people's attention off the trading platform? And we're like, what in the world would that, why are you even asking me a question? I wasn't even aware that FTX had courses for people. In fact, I don't think that they did, but that was like some of the line of questioning. And then them asking like what was going on with FTX was such an anomaly. Like this is something that has happened in the traditional financial services world forever. So where did he learn it? Let me tell you where he learned it. He learned it from his father and his grandfather and his grandfather's father and all their friends. And all they did was brought wall street into the cryptocurrency space. And they began to do business as usual, opening up all these companies, bankrupting all these companies. But the problem with this is so many people were greedy and involved that he's taken down a whole lot of other people with him as opposed to what we've seen in the past. But I mean, we've even seen that in the past. And so I think all of us came to a conclusion all at once that we should refrain from talking to these news reporters because they put their spin on it. A lot of our quotes won't ever even make it to the uh, periodical that they're trying to put out. And we also all had the same thought that this person that's doing this interview still has to take this to the person above them. And we may not even see the light of day with our comments or some of the things that are happening that people really need to know about this FTX debacle. And then we got into talking about our politicians and I'm going to just take a deep breath and say, although Black and Latino leaders are all over this United States. And none of us had talked about this before yesterday. We all shared the same thoughts that the politicians that we know and love and have had respect for for years, years and years and years are all intertwined in this whole mess. And as this starts to roll out, we will find more and more people that are going to be exposed. And what we also resolved yesterday is that we need to get before these committees. We need to get before Maxine Waters and her chair and her chair and her um, her committee, not her chair, but her committee. Uh, we need to get in front of individuals that are going to mold and shape legislation because our legislators have got to hear it from the right people. And one of the last things I'm gonna bring out about our phone call, I think everybody was feeling a little bitter, silently, secretly to themselves until someone brought it up and then everybody just opened up the faucet. We're a little bit jaded, a little bit bitter about the fact that this gentleman could get billions and billions and billions of dollars because he set the, I shouldn't even say he said it. He actually was the epitome of what people think fintech success should look like. 
disheveled, young, look like Einstein type of individual that started an exchange and everybody and their mother wanted to invest in him when they should be looking to some of the African-Americans that have the same exact type of platforms, not even just myself. There was another young lady. We're hard workers. We are doing everything that we need to do to affect change in our communities. But these VCs, venture capitalists, are not giving us the time of day. But they figure if you look the part and if you play the part in this Silicon uh, debacle that you're going to do really, really well. And so they will entrust hundreds of millions, billions of dollars in the hands of a 30 year old. But when we are really, really affecting change in our community and teaching people what they need to know to stay safe from exactly what just happened. We can't even get them to fund us at all. And so we had this conversation about what black tech looks like, what black tech founding looks like. And everybody had the same sentiments. And I didn't know, or I didn't realize that people were feeling the way that they were feeling on the inside. And so I have said it live and on the air that I'm very happy that this has happened because this is going to get Wall Street and a lot of Wall Street out of our space right now. It's going to take some time to rebuild. They're going to come back in because of what the technology does. But right now in the interim, we can get them out of our space and we can literally stack the type of Satoshis that we need because a lot of them are running scared because their get rich quick scheme didn't work as proper as they thought it would. And so I am uh, forever again grateful for every single thing that happens because it opens our eyes. It puts us in a next a new position. And ladies and gentlemen, I've always stated we are playing chess and not checkers. And now it's our turn to really look at the board and figure out which direction we need. And we need to be thinking two to three steps ahead. And that's what you need to do in chess. And we need to know where we stand and we need to focus. And so what I am going to say that there are three different ways that I really think this new FTX debacle can actually either set us back or reshape this industry as we know it, because they had $32 billion this crypto exchange has had going and flowing through their bank accounts. And it has literally shattered investors' confidence in cryptocurrencies. Again, in some ways, it's a good thing because we're able to buy a little bit more. We're able to stack for a little bit less right now. And then when their confidence comes back, we'll be the ones holding what we need to make a big, big difference in our uh, financial situation. And so um, what three things are we going to pay attention to and continue to uh, get ourselves ahead? And so what we're going to do, I think I'm going to talk about this through 
through the bottom of the hour and then again up to the top of the hour because one of the first things is going to be some regulation for for the first time this disaster actually looks like it is going to finally stir up the regulators and push them into action this cryptocurrency industry is still largely unregulated as you know and it means that the investors don't have the same protections that they would have if they were placing their funds in a licensed bank or with the broker. Now, knowing that and knowing that I have money that's missing from a licensed bank right now and the Federal Reserve and the FDIC that we always hear about have not done anything as of late Uh, And even talking to an attorney that I was looking to retain, he told me out of his own mouth that he had to go to uh, a litigation stage with another client of his to deal with the banks because the banks are not being receptive. And the reason they're not being receptive right now is because they are losing money hand over fist with scams. And they've got to deal with it. But we won't get into that right now. But licensed banks... Um, are definitely not the same as what we're dealing with in this unregulated space with cryptocurrency. But things may be able to change and change quickly because the governments in the United States, the European Union, and the UK are taking steps to clean up the market, and they're working on it. So uh, the EU specifically, they have... Uh, a whole thing that they put together to deal with the markets and the crypto assets of the constituents there in the EU. And it is the most comprehensive regulatory framework to date. It aims to actually reduce the risk of consumers buying crypto, making exchanges liable if they lose investors' assets. But we got to think about what that actually means, because if someone is bankrupt or they steal the money, which Sam did, like, how are you going to hold them accountable? So there has to be some other things before uh, put in place before that. And so uh, just just looking at all the different things that are in place and the things that need to happen to keep consumers safe. I'm going to always say that the best consumer protection is education. And none of these platforms, none of these governmental agencies, none of the individuals that I am listening to or hearing are talking about self-sovereignty because, first of all, they don't want us to be self-sovereign. But not only that, they're not even talking to people about custody self-custody, which would eliminate 98% of all the things that they're talking about having to regulate. Um, And it's just interesting to see how they're continuing to walk around the self-sovereignty, self-custody piece, because we know that's what's needed. And so since you're listening and you continue to listen, just know that in the next five to 10 years, your key to life is going to be your ability to have your Bitcoin and your cryptocurrency in your custody at all times because there will be no one that will be able to uproot you, shake you, do anything unless they get access to your Bitcoin. 
and your other cryptocurrencies because you left them on the exchange or put it in their banks because they told you that it was safe to do so. That is an absolute no-no. So as they come out with this new product and service, trying to hold your cryptocurrency for you at the banks, please, ladies and gentlemen, say no thank you. No thank you, no thank you. When we come forward after news, traffic, and sports, we will jump into a couple of the other ways that I think we're going to be able to Take and utilize what happened with FTX to reshape our industry. This is KBLA Talk 1580. We don't try to be all things to all people. We just remain true to who we are. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. Find a righteous range and don't be afraid to say what you see. For KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. So the FTX disaster has actually set cryptocurrency back by years. And I'm only saying that because of the investors that are coming from Wall Street. Hopefully they've gone back into their own space, a lot of them. And we have an opportunity to build while they're held at bay till they figure out what they're doing. And then these are three different ways that we could actually reshape this industry. And I talked about regulation and the fact that some of us African-American and Latino leaders are going to be seeking to speak with those individuals that are going to be making up these rules and regulations. And so we're going to do that. Number two is consolidation. Many new companies and projects emerged in the years that followed 2018, which was the crypto winter that I experienced after I opened up my exchange. And so In 2018, we were in the crypto winter, which was probably the worst time for me to open up a Bitcoin exchange. And I did it. And FTX was among them that started around 2018. We actually started around the same time. And I'm not salty about the fact that we started at the same time, but we look different. We come from two different backgrounds. He got billions of dollars more than I did to be able to do my thing. Um, But thank God, you know, we're still standing. And our people, our community, our customers are feeling great because they are self-sovereign. We've got one or two people that need to be made whole by the FTX debacle. Just because when we first started, uh, you know, we didn't have any rules or I shouldn't even say rules. We didn't have any uh, instructions other than you need to get your Bitcoin and start stacking and stacking. And we thought that these new exchanges would have a little bit more coof, a little bit more security than um, what we've seen. And so a couple of people that, of course, put their Bitcoin away and did not look back at it um, have some some things that we need to do to acquire or get their Bitcoin back. And we're going to work on that. Um, But the expectations now is that fewer firms and coins will actually exist in the years to come, which will make this a lot easier to deal with, ladies and gentlemen. We won't have the 20,000 cryptocurrencies out there. People are going to start backing up from buying some of this mess that they've been buying. 
Uh, I just think that the contagion from the FTX saga is playing out, is going to continue to play out, and it's a good thing. And so consolidation is going to happen. And it's going to be a domino effect for this whole entire space. Um, People are going to start coming up with new innovative companies and ways for this never to be a repeat. And the impact will actually be really sufficient for a lot of projects that are actually not going to have um, some of the challenges that are early on companies have in this space because we can watch the debacles just as they are playing out to make sure that we are secure. And then one of the third things that I'm going to say is innovation. Innovation is going to reshape this industry. I've always said when I'm talking that the child has not yet been born that is going to take the application of cryptocurrency and or blockchain technology and revolutionize what we already know. And despite the depressed state of the cryptocurrency markets right now and the toll that is taken on investors and digital assets in this industry, it's going to pull through the innovation and the proponents of what they're calling Web3. And I say what they're calling Web3 because everybody has a different definition, a hypothetical blockchain-based internet expecting um, us to pull through this crypto winter and pave the way for more innovative uses of the blockchain rather than have this speculative uses of crypto. It's going to be it's going to be all together. Somebody's going to come up with a platform. Somebody's going to build out the technology, a developer, which we, we call them short devs, D-E-V-S. So if you hear people saying the devs are doing this or the devs are creating this, that means developers. So we are going to see some developers come through with some innovation and some things that are going to keep us safe even if we choose to be on the exchanges, but we want to make sure that people are not on the exchanges. So what I see are a lot of companies having digital innovation arms or metaverse innovation arms because they understand that this technology is here and it is not going away at all ever. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, for more of the NFTs or non-fungible tokens, that's what it stands for. NFT is a non-fungible token. And by the way, since I laughed and talked about what Donald Trump was doing with his NFTs last week, ladies and gentlemen, he sold out. How about that? He sold every single last NFT he had. Whew, I don't even know what to say about that, but he sold out. So, um... Not a laughing matter, but it just lets us know where the mindset of of the world continues to be. And so that's a scary thing for me, only because of all the things that are coming out and all the things... um, that we're finding out or in and around his presidency um, and for him to sell out and have so many supporters across the United States, it still 
yields to my thought that in the next five to 10 years, when our Bitcoin is doing everything that it's supposed to be doing for us, we need to also be thinking strongly about where we may be able to reside to live comfortably. And I'm not just saying just financially, just comfortably being able to go to the store and not worry about the things or worried about the situations that happened specifically in Buffalo, New York. Just just being in a space where we can live comfortably without having to lock our doors and just some of the things, just some of the regular everyday things and the luxuries that we deserve to have as we live out our dreams. And so just be open to the possibilities of international travel, not just for travel for vacation, but travel to live six months out of the year, 12 months out of the year, or indefinitely in some people's mind, and especially mine, I'm not, I haven't even figured out what that looks like, but I'm thinking about it and we're, we're exploring all our options again, so that when we're ready, we don't have to get ready to get ready. We can do what we need to do. And so I am positive that we're going to have to make some of those changes. And so those are some of the three things that I think are going to shape the new way uh, this industry is going, but I think we're in a good space again. And so The markets are low right now, and so I'll kind of walk into a market report real quick because Bitcoin is down to $16,600. It is down in the last seven days, 3.29%, and it is down in the last 24 hours, 0.79%. If you have Ethereum, Ethereum is trading right at $1,100. And it is down 7.65% in the last seven days. And in the last 24 hours, 0.49%. And as I look at CoinMarketCap, I noticed a couple of things. One of the first things I realized is that the number of cryptocurrencies listed has actually increased. And let me tell you why I think that is. So I'm looking at these cryptocurrencies and that's 22,083. That's how many cryptocurrencies are actually listed on CoinMarketCap. And I was wondering how or why more companies or more coins would get thrown into the pot. Right now, Bitcoin is the only self-sovereign coin that we know. However, individuals that are creating these cryptocurrencies are playing off the fact that people are looking to get involved in something that has got to have staying power. And they feel like they've got the next best answer for that. And because of the FDX fall, a lot of people are looking for places to 
to go ahead and invest because they're trying to make up for what they lost. And so they're looking at these new cryptocurrencies that are coming out because they could possibly get them for pennies on the dollar. And then as they raise in value, they're able to pull off. But they're thinking from a get rich quick perspective. And I've heard it all weekend from about six or seven people asking if they should get involved in something because it's a tenth of a penny. And then later on, be able to pull their money out and recoup some of the monies that they've lost, not specifically from FTX, but just from the market in general. And I will tell you again, just be careful, be careful, because these coins are here to extract funds from your account. I also saw that the number of exchanges has actually gone up. And again, people are forming businesses and putting a play on the fact that you can come and do business with them because they're safe and FTX was not. But we've got to just figure out what the motive of these individuals are because they're opening and spinning up these new businesses at your expense if you get involved with the wrong company at the wrong time. So when we come forward, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to talk about um, we're going to actually talk about the markets and five things that you need to know in Bitcoin this week. This is KBLA Talk 1580. Old money, old money, new money, new money. We've got you covered. Keep it locked to the midday money chain on KBLA Talk 1580. Now, now let's get back to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. All right, welcome forward. So it is my job to actually reassure you that things are going to be okay. And so we've got to give all sides, the good, the bad, the ugly. And so for the markets right now, there is a lot of fear, uncertainty, and doubt. It's called FUD. And so as Bitcoin price hovers in a tight range, Bitcoin analysts actually predict that there will be a grim end to the year for risk asset holders. And so we hold Bitcoin. We know it's volatile. We know all these things. We know it goes up and down in price. And right now it's at 16.6. And it started the week before Christmas with a little bit of whimper. I can hear it crying as the tight trading range gives Bitcoin bulls little cheer. And that's the people that thought that by the end of the year, Bitcoin was going to be 50,000, 100,000. We've heard a lot of people say that. And that's why I don't uh, profess to be a Dion Warwick and tell you what the price of Bitcoin is going to be, because we just absolutely do not know. And just like anything else, things that are going on in the space have a uh, adverse effect on uh, Bitcoin if things go bad with with someone in the Bitcoin space. And so it's just temporarily happening until Bitcoin finds its way. And news in the market definitely affects the price. I will not dispute that. But a weekly close just about 16.7 means that Bitcoin remains without major volatility amid a lack of overall market direction. It has seen some erratic trading behaviors around the latest U.S. macroeconomic data print. Uh, And we know this is all too familiar, this status quo, that things are going to react 
just because the market around it is having some issues. So this is no different. We're not going to treat Bitcoin or cryptocurrency any different than we would any other financial tool in the market. So what could change it? The question on every analyst's lips right now as we move into crypto is, I don't know. And I'm not going to say that I have the answer either. But the reality is really tough for the average Bitcoin holder because a lot of Bitcoin holders are expecting it or wanted it to be higher than it is right now. But since we're stacking Satoshis, what Bitcoin is doing right now is fairly a good deal. It's a good deal. It's a good deal, in my opinion. BTC Bitcoin is trading below where it was two years ago, ladies and gentlemen, and even five years ago. So the FUD is hardly in short supply. And FUD, again, stands for um, fear, uncertainty and doubt is hardly in a short supply. Thanks to the fallout from what we've been talking about in the last hour. And at the same time, there are signs that some of the miners are recovering while their on-chain indicators are signaling that the time is right for a classic macro price bottom. And I don't know if we're going to get a price bottom. I don't know what is going to happen, but as long as your dollar cost averaging, you're going to be good. You're going to fare. You're going to weather this storm okay. Will Bitcoin disappoint further into the new year or will the bulls get the Santa rally they so desperately are asking for? I don't want Santa's rally. I want to go ahead and just take this thing slow and steady and stack a little bit more Satoshis before it goes high. Uh, There's a lot of different people looking at the different factors behind the upcoming Bitcoin prices. And um, they're all saying the same thing. Everybody is just kind of shrugging their shoulders and not really knowing what this Bitcoin thing is going to do. And so as we begin this week with fresh new volatility, just know that your dollar cost averaging play is going to fare well if you stick to it and do not Turn to another coin because you think it's cheaper or better. Do not change the way that you are storing your Bitcoin on your own, in your own wallet, self-sovereignty. Do not change those things. Just stay steady. Just stay steady. Do not move. Relax. I'm getting tons of calls with people saying what to do now, what to do now. Absolutely nothing. Just keep stacking your Satoshis. And so all the data that I'm seeing, uh, Bitcoin may even get to around 12.5, ladies and gentlemen. It may even get to 12.5. And if it does, I'm hoping at that time I've gotten the money that the bank has been holding of mine. So I can take part in that 12.5. But it's looking like we might get down to 12.5 and we haven't seen anything like that since 2011. Uh, but rest assured, Bitcoin is going to find its place. It's going to find its footing and we'll be back where we need to be. And so just relax. Do not panic. Um, and so as we move into 2023, I'm expecting that Bitcoin uh, will be beginning from 
a lower boundary, something that we've never seen before, something that we've never sat in personally, uh, along with the volume and support around us in this space where Bitcoin is going to continue to uh, go up slow but sure. It's going to continue trading sideways while we figure out exactly what this market is doing. It's not going anywhere. We're not trying to figure out if it's going to go anywhere. We're trying to figure out where the price is going to go and then really take advantage of what the options are once the Bitcoin that we purchase is relatively high in price. How can we benefit? How can we take loans against? What companies can we trust? All of those things we're going to learn coming forward. So, ladies and gentlemen, when we come forward with this is KBLA Talk 1580. You're linked to the Midday Money Chain with Lynn Richardson and Naja Roberts exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. We're not for everybody, but we're for everybody. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. All right, welcome forward. And as you probably noticed, I was talking a whole lot about what we need to be doing, and we ran up on the end of our hour. And so what we're going to do, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to dollar cost average on our own, putting $6 worth of Satoshis into the Black Wall Street wallet, um, and we're going to purchase those Satoshis through them. A Satoshi is the smallest increment of a Bitcoin, just like a penny is the smallest increment of the dollar. And I am going to thank each and every one of you at this particular time for rocking with Ahead of the Crypto Curve today as we explore some of the ways that crypto is going to be forever shaped and some of the ways that we need to be thinking as it relates to taking advantage of this time. I know I've said it over and over, but we have got to take advantage of what is happening right now, what is before us. Ladies and gentlemen, we are making way for the D.L. Hughley Show. My name is Naja Roberts. You can reach out to me at asknajaroberts at gmail.com, asknajaroberts at gmail.com with any questions that you may have. This is the Head of the Crypto Curve on KBLA Talk 1580. KBLA 1580 Santa Monica.